we're in the month of October. We haven't got much left. Uh, today's the 20th of October. Um, and we're in a series called Go. Uh, and, you know, the, the question is, what part of Go do we not understand? What's our issue with Go? What, what, what's, what, what's happening with this? Do we respond to this? What does it look like when we respond to it? Uh, it's Matthew 28, where Jesus says to his disciples, uh, before he ascends, before he goes away, he says, therefore, uh, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he's giving authority. Okay, I have the authority. It's given to me. So I have the ability to say this. Therefore, go. Just say that. Therefore, go. Look at y'all memorizing scripture. Come on, say it. Therefore, go. Shout it. Therefore, go. And make disciples of all nations. Anybody glad to be at freedom today? Anybody glad to be at freedom? It's good to be at a multinational church, isn't it? Somebody thank God for that, right? Make disciples of all nations and baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Sometimes when I read that passage, that everything, and then you see these disciples under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit writing down uh, what happened because it's part of the discipleship that you would know the word, that you would know what Jesus said, that you would live out your life following Christ. You say, well, I don't know what to do. He's also sent his Holy Spirit to help you know what to do. He sent his word. So, uh, and, and so here at this point in scripture, Jesus doesn't just tell them to go. He has been teaching them what it looks like to go. From the very beginning, he shows them what it is to go and make disciples and to teach them. That's what he's been doing. Basically saying, you've seen what I've been doing. The Holy Spirit is going to come into you. I want you to go and do what I've showed you how to do. So um, in our scriptures today, Jesus is going to teach us how to go. And this is, some of this is not going to be pretty. All right? Uh, we have this sometimes this romantic idea of what this is like. Uh, so we're going to look at this and we're going to learn some things. Anybody ready to learn the word of God today? Are you ready? John, excuse me, John chapter 11. We're going to read uh, verses 1 through 16. Somebody says, that's a lot of Bible to read. No, it's not. It ain't so much. It's not so much. Uh, so in this, Jesus is going to go to a friend and literally he's going to raise him from the dead. Some of you know this story. Now, a certain man was sick. Lazarus of Bethany. Anybody know the story? A certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus. He, was, he lived in a town called Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister, Martha. So Mary and Martha and Lazarus, brothers and sisters, all live in here. And, uh, and then the suggestion, it was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. So now everybody know Mary? Everybody know Mary? Mary of Bethany. How many know that story? You know that story. So now you're getting connection. Don't you love it when it, things are written that way? You ever heard somebody says, hey, 
you know Bill? I don't know. You know Bill works down there at uh, Ollie's, that Bill. You know, oh, yeah, that Bill. That's what that's about right there. Okay, it's Mary. So suddenly your connection, you're connected because you remember that story. Uh, when this is written, that hadn't even happened yet. Okay? Uh, if you look at it in chronological, it had happened before, but in the story line, it had not. And the, the Bible says, uh, therefore, the sisters sent to him, sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, behold, he whom you love is sick. So who sent the message? Okay, this is straight from the sisters. In verse 4, when Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Right, so, really? Um, could you imagine getting a text uh, saying somebody uh, is sick and they're going to die? And uh, you getting a message back, no, they're not. Uh, would you not like to just reach through your phone and slap them in the face? I mean, that's... No, the sickness is not unto death. In uh, verse 5, Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick... This is the most ridiculous scripture, okay? I'm going to start that again. Verse 5. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that he was sick... He stayed two more days in the place where he was. Does anybody see any, anything ridiculous about that? All right. That, so he heard that they were sick. So since he loved them so much, he didn't go. All right. Some of you would unfriend a person from that for that. You know, <laughs> I sent you a letter. I called you. You didn't call me back for five days. Jesus just. Kind of looked like kind of ghosted them, but holy ghosted them. Anyway, um, and then after he had said to the and then after this, he said to his disciples, let's go to Judea again. So they've been there before. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you. Are you going there again? How many know the Lord always has purpose? Does anybody know that? So he's going back towards Jerusalem. He's going to a place where there are people that want to kill him. Uh, there is already uh, wanted posters out for Jesus. The word is out. If you see Jesus, bring him here. We want to accuse him and kill him. Uh, Jesus answered. Here's his answer to that. Are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if he walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So I'm here right now. Who is Jesus? He is the light of the world. We have a short amount of time. Everybody see this? We have a short amount of time to complete some work. We're, there are 12 hours left. There's, there's a certain amount of time. You walk in the daytime, not in the nighttime. This is my time to do this. So we're going to take this walk. And sometimes, just like you, you know, I read that scripture immediately. Said, hey, what does that mean? I, that, that, I don't get it. You know, and the disciples are saying this. Often Jesus will say things like this, and they don't get it until later. And it's like the light comes home on when they get home. And so uh, these things he said, and after he said them, so he says all of this, and after he said them, he said, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I'm going to wake him up. Now look at verse 12. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. 
Sleeping is one of the ways that we mend. So how many have just wanted to take a nap when you felt bad? Anybody? So that's what the disciples are saying. Let him sleep. He's getting better. Don't go wake him up. It's like, be quiet when you're at the hospital. People are trying to rest and get better. (laughs) And Jesus then said to them plainly, guys, you don't get this. Lazarus is dead. And I'm glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe Nevertheless, let us go to him. (laughs) Do you see how the conversation just keeps flipping? Uh, He's asleep. Okay, let's let him sleep. Let's stay here. We won't go to Judea. We won't get stoned to death. Not really interested in that. So finally, it all comes full circle. And then Thomas, who later we'll call the doubter, says, let's also go that we may die with him. And I'm wondering sometimes when I read that, if this is bold Thomas Or if he has the gift of sarcasm, well, let's all go so we can die too. (laughs) I don't think that's what it is, but I have the gift of sarcasm, so I get that. This is a powerful scripture. We need to hear from the Lord today. Come on, Holy Spirit, come be with us. Come, Holy Spirit. Our hearts need to be shaped need to be reformed. Our our thinking needs to be changed about our relationships. Our thinking needs to be changed. We need a resurrection in this house. We're glad you're alive, but you rose so that we could be alive also. So come, Holy Spirit. You know the condition of our lives, and you know you have purpose for our lives. Father, I thank you for Freedom Fellowship. I thank you for this church. I thank you, Father, for my, my family and friends that are here in this room. Come. Anybody praying with me right now? Come, Holy Spirit. Do this good work. Do this good work. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to focus there on that statement in John eleven fifteen. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead, and I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go, that we may die with him. And I want to teach you from the thought today, dying for a friend. Dying for a friend. Anybody dying in the house? Anybody dying in the house? And I want you to rethink that for a moment. Let me, let me help you. I love the process at Freedom, the simple process we established years ago, and that is that we love God and we love one another. This is important. I believe that Jesus has called us to be a friend of God, but he's also called us to be friends to one another. Do you understand that? It's like, I love God. I just don't like those people over there. I really love God. And I, you know, I come to church and the reason I sit here is because I know who sits over there. And, uh, you know, maybe if they'll come early, I don't have to look at them. You didn't hear me. All right. So, but that's not how you are. Okay. I love freedom because we love God and we love each other. Okay. One without the other is not acceptable. All right. And we'll look at this. It's, it's just great to be here. I got to hug a few necks. I didn't get to, uh, I, you know, I was doing the baptism. It's important that I dry off before I come back into the room after the baptisms. Praise God for baptisms today. Praise Jesus for that. But uh, you guys know I-, I love you, and we're friends, right? And I don't know. I don't know if you believe that or not. I, anybody have friends? Anybody have some friends in your life? I have a, 
a close friend. I haven't talked to him in a little while. I talked to him a few weeks ago because he had texted me because his wife was having some, some, some procedures and wanted me to pray. But uh, uh, some of you might have met him once. Uh, he, came, he came into town. I think he's been to town twice uh, on work. His name's Kevin. Uh, we grew up together in, uh, as boys. We went to school together. Uh, he lived uh, just uh, down the road in a little country town that we lived in called Orgonia, Ohio. A tiny, tiny little town. You don't have to Google it right now, but it, you know, it's a nice little country town. I mean, it's about as country of a country town as you can get. There was a little church there that my daddy pastored and and uh, I was the pastor's son, and, and you know I sang, and I, you know I was like in the fourth grade when we moved there. And Kevin lived down the road. He was the town drunk son, and I was the pastor's son. So we might we automatically hit it off. I don't know if it's just, well, there just wasn't that too many of us anyway. And we got on the school bus together because we lived down in the valley, and the school that we attended was a good twenty, you know, fifteen twenty miles away up the hill. So I mean, when it snowed there, you thought about it because you went up some some crazy hills. But Kevin and I became buddies, uh, and uh, we just did things together constantly. I mean, it was, and I mean, it wasn't like we texted each other because nobody had. To, I mean, that was Star Trek, all right, and. Uh, you know, you might call each other, just might run over to each other's house. Okay, that's just the way it was. I could walk to his house, ride my bike to his house. He could get to mine. Uh, there probably were not three houses between my house and his, even though there was about a quarter mile difference in where we lived. But we would we would spend time together. We did crazy kid stuff. You know, we we swam in the river together. We went fishing together. We uh, we did some. We had some business that we operated. We had a walnut business. Uh, there were walnut trees. Uh, anybody, everybody, anybody got a walnut off a tree before? You, you, some of you don't know where walnuts come from. They come off of trees, okay? And you don't, they don't look like walnuts. You're looking at the inside of the walnut. The casing is this messy kind of a seal all the way around it. So you have to load them up. We'd load them up in our wagons. We had like these red wagons we'd pull around. We'd load them up and then we'd take them back. We went to his house and then we'd rip them apart. Now, if you have ever done that, you need gloves. We never use gloves, okay? Your hands, that's where walnut stain comes from, all right? You say, ah, beautiful walnut stain when it's all over your hands. It ain't so pretty. But Kevin and I didn't care because we were like 12, okay? And we just didn't care. Uh, or 11 or 10 or something like that. Anyway, during those years, we also gathered coal off of the railroad tracks because there was a train that went through the valley and it had coal and it would shake it back and forth and the coal would fall off. So Kevin and I would take our carts and we would load up all the coal and put it in burlap bags and sell it to people who had coal furnaces. People used to have coal furnaces. They used to have them. Anybody remember that? No, just say you, one person. Praise two. All right, two. Everybody my age. Okay, anyway. So... Uh, uh, we got, we got close and, uh, we stayed close and, uh, I was the best man in his wedding and he was the best man in my wedding. And, and over the years, it was just, it's just one of those things. It was that we spent time with each other and invested in each other. And today we hardly ever see each other at all. We might talk every year or so, but can I tell you, that's my friend. That's my friend. I mean, used to, we, you know, you just couldn't connect with everybody all the time. And, that, and that's my friend. And so you know some of his struggles. He walked through some of his struggles. I mean, the alcoholism of his father, he, he had to face that down. And I remember not long after Diane and I had gotten married, 
uh, I get a phone call and he's in jail and he's needing some help, but I can't. I'm broke. Anybody been broke, broke, any broke, broke, broke like me? I was just so broke. I mean, I was lucky. We, I was just thankful we had food in the refrigerator, let alone. And I wanted to. I mean, I laid and wet. Dear God, I got to get my friend out. I got to find a way. And Diana, she just fussed at me and said, honey, he got himself in that, you know. Anyway, and we haven't got the money. I'll find the money. I'm talking about you. And she's coming in the door. So, uh, but it's the truth. It's the truth. It's a true story. But he got through it, and he's not an alcoholic anymore, and he loves Jesus, and he's married, and she lo- his wife loves Jesus. Praise God for all of that. I mean, I just got this great story regarding it. I love freedom. Anybody love freedom? I love it. I watch you guys. I watch the way you come in. I, I notice that some of you are buds. I notice that some of you are actually friends, I- and I get that because at Freedom, one of the things we say is that we're family, but sometimes that your family is just trouble. Because I, anybody got, I gotta be careful here. Anybody got family that are not your friends? You know what I'm saying? It's like, if they don't show up at Christmas, it's like, gonna be a good Christmas. You know, it's, uh... <laughs> now, I'm not saying that, but I think sometimes in the church we got family. So since we're family, at least we're brothers and sisters, it's not like we have to talk to each other or spend time or take care of each other. Folks, what good is it? What is what good is it just to say that you're family if you can't be friends? I love that. That we love God matters. But that we love each other matters. In fact, both are important. And I love this church. I love that we're family and I love that we're friends. I think, uh, I think of one of the greatest things we love being here today is we're not just with people that we say, well, they're, they're, we're all Christians and, you know, just feel all religious. But we're here and we say, no, those are friends of mine. Those are people that I know about, people that speak to me, people that I care about, people that I can depend upon. Friendship matters. It matters for good. It matters for bad, and some of you are better because of your friendships, and some of you are worse because of friendships. Can I get a yes? Yes. Part of parenting is teaching our children that they need to choose their friends. Uh, Right? And then your teenager looks at you and says, Mama, you can't pick my friends. And Mom says, Watch me. (laughs) But, But listen, you can tell... A great deal about someone by the individuals that they spend time with. You can tell something about them. Uh, There's a difference in being a friend to someone and being friends with someone. Did you hear that? There's a difference between being a friend to and being a friend with. Being to is important. Can I talk to the church right now? We need to learn how to be friends to. Being a friend to someone is caring and loving somebody that's in need, whether or not they can reciprocate, whether or not they can give it back. They don't necessarily have to know you. Listen, they don't necessarily need to know Jesus. If you remember, Jesus was a friend to sinners. You say, well, that's Jesus, but as far as I'm concerned, and, and you know, Christians, we get weird sometimes. Things get weird in the world, and we say, come on, Jesus, just get them. Just send fire down from heaven and burn all those ungodly, immoral folk up. Just get them, Jesus, and not freedom, folks, not freedom. I don't want to hear that kind of mess, because I'm after every one of those broken, messed up individuals, and, and one of the things I have to do is be a friend 
to them because the people that Jesus was a friend to, eventually they become disciples and they become evangelists and prophets and church planters. Come on. The question is, first of all, are you friends with Jesus? Okay? Are you friends? You've got to have a great relationship with Jesus if you're going to have a great relationship with anybody else. We can only answer this question when we check. You ready to check? We're going to check whether or not you have a great relationship with your friend Jesus. Are you ready? Check your pulse. Okay. I'm really not talking about that pulse. That's, that's your heartbeat. How many, how many ever have a problem with your flesh? Okay. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I have, listen, if I am in a great friendship with Jesus, my flesh loses control of my life. Do you see that? You say, well, you know, I, I, I really, Jesus is my best friend. We're homeboys. We hang out all the time. I love Jesus. I love worship and stuff. I, I got me a Bible, I got two or three Bibles, and I love that. Now, it ain't changed my life or anything. I ain't changed anything, but I love me some Jesus. No, Jesus is being a friend to you. But you're not being a friend to Jesus. You're, you might be an acquaintance with him. Am I right about this? When you're a friend with Jesus, your flesh dies and your spirit lives. Yeah, let me help you with this. You see, you can be infatuated with someone and still not be friends with them. You know, great marriage. You want to have a great marriage. You need to be friends Am I preaching to somebody? You can be married. You can have children. You can have mutual property, financial liabilities, but that doesn't make you friends. Sometimes that makes you confused. You're in the same house, but you can't talk to each other. I'll talk to some marriages just for a moment. It's not a lack. Can I, can I talk adult for a moment? Can I talk adult? I'll be careful, all right? Some people say, well, we're in love Everything's going. Listen, listen. All the in love and all the attractiveness. If you're not friends, you will lose attraction. People are not nearly as pretty when you can't talk to each other. Come on. If I could just get husbands and wives to invest in their friendship. Some, some people say they'll see pictures of Diane and I out riding our bicycles or taking a walk or going somewhere, riding in the car. Somebody inevitably will put hashtag goals underneath it. And I'm saying, it's not that hard. I learned to ride a bike when I was like four. It's like doing life together. We don't like being together. Well, you need to get over that. Okay, where am I? Here, okay, so. Got to be careful. You have to be friends. I'm not preaching too much about this here, but this is just a, this is a, a nice morsel. You're going to love it. Listen, if you're married and you're not pursuing one another as friends, you will be tempted to pursue toxic friendships and end up in emotional affairs. Because it's not good to be alone. All right? It's not good to be alone. And... And the Lord, listen, when the, when the word of God says it's not good to be alone, he's not talking about physical intimacy. Because you can be physically intimate and still be alone. 
You need friends. Come on, you gotta have. Anyway, all right. We need to focus on relational investments in our homes, with our children, with our families, and in the body of Christ. Just a little bit more on friendship. I cannot document this, but, and I don't want to oversimplify it. But here's something that I've come to believe. How many know depression is a real deal? Anybody know that? And it can have a physiological uh, issue. It can... It can uh, it can, it's a, it can be a physiological disease, and medication and therapy often helps. Folks, did, did I just tell you that? Yeah, yeah. So I'm depressed. I don't want to go see anybody. Go see somebody. Yeah. But depression is also a disease of loneliness. Yeah. Untreated depressives lack the ability to maintain great friendships. And one becomes, when somebody becomes impenetrable, struggling to bring to relationships, the ability to hear, they can't, they don't have the ability to hear, the ability to speak words. They, they, anybody ever struggled with vulnerability before? Anybody ever struggled with vulnerability? When you, when you develop friendships, you'll end up sharing your stuff. And, and so here's what I find. If, I'm, if I can open up and share my stuff with somebody, they might open up and share their stuff with me. Okay, anyway. A great action step might be if you're struggling is to get some friends. Look at somebody and say, get some friends. Tell somebody to get some friends. But listen, friendship is multifaceted. It's important to be friends to others, but we also need to be friends with, not just friends to. Love is both expressed and received. Now, let's go to spiritual warfare. Satan lives to separate people. If, if you and your mate are separated, it's often simply because you have lost your ability to speak. You yell instead of converse. You speak over one another without pausing for reflection. You look at one another as an invasion of your emotional space rather than a place of peace. And when the enemy is done, you are lost and unable to remember what happened to our friendship. Remember when we used to love to just hang out together. Shared friendship is the place where you can be honest with someone and love someone and journey together knowing that you can share your deepest sorrows and fears and joys and dreams and your love will not be forfeited, which is why I've titled this message, Dying for a Friend. Somebody say it, Dying for a Friend. So I want you to be friends with Jesus and friends with one another, but... I want you to look at this scripture. We're going to look here at John chapter 15. I just want you to focus on this because this is somewhat of a summation is what this statement is. A lot of things happen and then we get to this statement that Jesus makes to his disciples. My command. How many think of a command when Jesus gives a command? Anybody believe that's important? So he says, my command is this. Love each other. Okay, just stop. Everybody got that? My command is what? All right. I didn't do anything wrong. Are you loving each other? <laughs> My command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. Question. How did you love us, Jesus? Next statement. Greater love has no one than this, that he laid down his life for his friends. How are you supposed to love each other? Jesus. You are my friends, he says, 
if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you my friends for everything that I learned from the Father I've made known to you. You did not choose me. I chose you. In other words, I was a friend to you before you were a friend to me. You did not choose me. I chose you and I appointed you to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will last. How is the fruit going to last? You're going to keep loving each other. You hear me? You're going to love each other in the good times, in the bad times. You're going to love each other. That's my command. You're going to stay in this deep spiritual friendship. Then the Father will give you whatever you ask in my name. This is my command, he says again. Love each other. Say it. His command is what? Now, now, again, I said this was a summation. So I already read some scripture to you. This is a summation of several things that happened. But as we began, I mean, we were at the story of Lazarus, right? And Lazarus is, is dying, and Jesus is out with his disciples, and they decided to go back to Judea. And uh, so that, that happens. They, he gets back. Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. Everybody knows that. After he raises Lazarus from the dead, then Jesus and his disciples leave. Uh, they go to a place called Ephraim. They go and they stay there for a while. Uh, they, they, they've riled some things up. They did what they needed to do. And then eventually they get back. They come back to Bethany. They come back and we have the triumphant entry of Jer- Jesus into Jerusalem. And uh, so he comes back. He come, they go back out about eight miles out to Bethany, which is eight miles away from Jerusalem. They, they, they spend time there. They go to a house of a man named Simon, Simon the leper. And while they're with Simon Uh, the leper, something happens. Uh, Mary walks in uh, and she takes a a, a vial full of precious perfume. Uh, It's precious uh, nard is what it's called, spike nard. And some people say, well, you know what, what? That's not a big deal. Everybody's upset. In fact, Judah says we should not have wasted that Uh, that perfume on Jesus. She pours it on Jesus. She takes her hair and she washes his feet and worships him. And, And Jesus said, no, this is a good thing. You always have the poor with you, but you also need to worship. The vial today, in today's economy, would be worth $54,000. You think people weren't talking about it? It was the anointing for his death, because not long after that, Jesus is going to be tried. He's going to be crucified, right? Uh, but even before he's tried, he goes back and he talks to his disciples and he says something like this Guys, uh, just so you know, I'm going to die and I'm going to go away. But don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in my Father, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going to come back and get you. And where I am, there you are going to be also. And then he began to teach them this. He said, I am the vine and you are the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you cannot bear much fruit. Remain in me. And then he explains it. Remain in my love. In fact, he goes on to say, my command is this. Love each other as I have loved you. So he is the vine and we are the branches. And I want you to bear much fruit. But you're not going to be able, come on church, you're not going to be able to bear fruit unless you love Jesus and you love one another. I mean, really, is it any wonder that 85% of churches in the United States are in decline 
or they are stagnant. Population increases, churches keep declining. What is our great weapon? Loving, loving God and loving. So what does all this mean? Scripture is just so filled with love and relationship. But it, I mean, it points to the crucif- crucifixion. Greater love has no man than this, that he laid down his life for his friend. So, you know, it's, the scripture is filled with love and relationship, but it's also filled with death. And while we hate death and struggle with death, notice that Jesus is messing with it all the time. He's taking death and turning it into his great story of life and love. Jesus is calling all of us to deeper relationship. He's calling us to deeper friendship. And when I say that, I'm not just saying we need to have more pizza and pretzels and movie nights, okay? Which movie nights are really, really cool? Somebody praise God, all right? They're really great. But it's also a call to surrender our lives to Christ and to one another in the same way that Jesus surrendered his life for us. Somebody got to get this. We Sometimes we want Jesus, but we're not willing to go to the depth that Christ is calling us to. Listen, Jesus did not just call us to come to church. He didn't call us just to come and dine. He called us to come and die. So go back with me to the story of Lazarus. It's the story of Jesus and his friends, Lazarus and Mary and Martha. In chapter 11, verse 1, look at this. Uh, Lazarus is sick. And Mary and Martha send the message, Lord, behold, whom you love is sick. When Jesus heard that, he said, the sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now look at the strange statement again. He hears it, and he says, the sickness is not unto death. <laughs> I mean, you could almost restate it say, the sickness is not going to result in death, but that, but that the work of Jesus would be proclaimed and people's lives would be changed. I have a purpose for this guy and I have a purpose for you guys. You're not quite ready to receive it yet, but I have a purpose. So rather than just telling you Lazarus is going to die, I'm telling you Lazarus is going to go to sleep so you won't just get all psyched out and not be able to receive what I'm trying to tell you. Mary and Martha were, were great sisters, and Martha loved to cook. Everybody know that story? And Mary loved to sit at the feet of Jesus, and Jesus constantly poured truth into them. He, he constantly went and stayed at their house. Anybody got some friends like, if I, go to, if I go to Ohio to visit my family, I got certain people I can stay at. I don't have to make reservations so much. I do it. But if I called tomorrow and told like my brother Kelly or my brother John, hey, we're coming into town. Uh, we just need a place to stay. It would not be a problem. Now, they didn't have uh, phones so Jesus could just show up at Mary, Martha, and Lazarus' house anytime and hang out. And they were close to one another. They were such great friends that Jesus, I think Jesus let them know things that other people did not know. Like, do you think Jesus might have told Mary and Martha and Lazarus about, you know, I'm going to die? And then after three days, I'm going to rise again. Anybody think he might have told him that? I think he might have. I mean, he told his disciples. But uh, when he heard this statement, the sickness will not end in death, that's a weird statement. The sickness will not end in death, but it will end in death. 
So when he hears it, he stays for two days and let his buddy die. Because I think Lazarus knew something here. So let me just make a couple of statements. As you know, Lazarus died for his friend Jesus. Lazarus also died for his future friends who did not know Jesus. Lazarus was called to die for Jesus. Do you hear this? So here's my statement. True friends of Jesus are fully engaged in his mission. So I'm a friend of Jesus. True friends of Jesus are fully engaged. I'm not saying people that Jesus has been friendly to, but if you want to be friends with Jesus, then you will be fully engaged in his mission. So Lazarus and Jesus were friends, and friends are open about stuff. So here's what I believe. I believe that Jesus probably told Lazarus and Mary and Martha all about his own death and resurrection. So remember Bethany? They lived just a few miles outside of Jerusalem. So Lazarus already believed in Jesus. Somebody, praise God, already believed in him. And it was not like Lazarus needed to receive living water. He had already received living water from Jesus. So Jesus is now going to allow Lazarus to participate. And I think Lazarus knew all about it. He was in on it. And and, and, in that Lazarus was a friend of Jesus, he was also an accomplice. So Jesus and Lazarus are are in partnership. So, So look back to where Jesus hears about Lazarus' sickness and impending death. He goes off on a strange stream of thought, and he makes these statements in John uh, eleven nine. 9. He says, there are not 12 hours in the day. If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of the world. But if he walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps. So the disciples are also friends with Lazarus. So the disciples, hey, Jesus, he's sick. Let's go to Bethany. But don't go to Bethany. Because it's dangerous if we go to Bethany. So they're just confused. Anybody ever been in a mess like this? Literally, Jesus is using his friend Lazarus to do something that no one else would have been willing to do. So he's going to reveal something to the people of Judah that he has power over death. Now, you can only trust a true friend with this. So Lazarus and Jesus are sitting in the house one day talking and uh, Jesus leans over and says, Laz, it's true for Lazarus. His last name, Lazarus, maybe, I don't know, Laz, Lazarus, Laz. And, and he said, Jesus leans over and says, Laz, let me tell you something. I am the resurrection and the life. And whoever believes in me will never die. <laughs> Jesus, you say a lot of weird stuff. <laughs> Jesus, what? I am the resurrection and the life. People are resurrected by me, and the reason that people will live ultimately is by me. Do you believe this? And Lazarus says, you know, Jesus, you have never messed with me. I believe you. Whatever you say, I believe. You are the resurrection of life. He says, do you believe it? Yes, absolutely. I'm your best friend in the world. And Jesus says, I need other people to believe it. Would you help me? And Lazarus says, we're bros. So Jesus says, so look, Lazarus, I'm going to go out in Galilee And while I'm gone, you're going to die. (laughs) Some people, you you don't think I'm, I I actually believe this. Maybe not this exact script, but he says, and then I'm going to come back and raise you from the dead. And everybody in Jerusalem and all around Bethany is going to have to deal with the power that's in my life. I'm going to shake up the whole countryside. I'm going to raise you from the dead. 
Some people say, Pastor, that's impossible. No, wait, wait. I can validate my assumption here. I have evidence. In John chapter 11, verse 21, Jesus finally gets back to Bethany, and the sisters are mad. And they chase him down. How many know you can get upset with your friend? Anybody know that? You can be on, hey, Jesus, Jesus. You can see Martha. She's always cooking. Everything's a mess. You know, she doesn't have enough food in the house. People are coming over because Lazarus is dead. She walks up, Jesus, Jesus, what? If you would have been here, Lazarus would not have died. Can you see the grief in her face? Can you see the pain? Jesus looks at Martha and he says, Martha, do you know, do you believe that I am the resurrection and the life? Do you believe that? Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life, and who believes in me will live even though he dies, and whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God who has come to the world. Do you see, you see what's going on here? She doesn't get it. No, Jesus is saying, remember what I told you? I meant it. I wasn't playing. When I sat down in your house and I told you and Martha and Lazarus that I am the resurrection and the life, I told you you didn't get it. I preached it like a month ago, but you already forgot it. She says, yeah, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God who has come to the world. In other words, this is how far I've come. And I was in the room when you said it, and we are friends, but I still didn't get it. So I'm so glad. Anybody glad you know who Jesus is? How many believe that Jesus is the resurrection and the life? Anybody believe that? How many believe that because you believe in Jesus, you will never die? Anybody believe that? No, no. you got to get this. Jesus said, if you die, but you believe in him, you are not really dead. That's what the Bible says. No, no. I, I get this. I understand. I have done hundreds of funerals for believers in Jesus. I keep telling people this. I want you to know that one day, if they lay my coffin out and you're out up looking at my old beat-up body, I want you to know I'm not dead. I'm only asleep. Jesus. Jesus. That's the last Russell over there. Everybody, everybody needs to know who Jesus is. He is what? The resurrection and the life. Now, some of you are going, to, going through some uncomfortable things right now. Lazarus had to go through a very uncomfortable thing, and he laid down his life and died for a cause. Now, here's the truth. Romans 8, 28, all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. And James chapter 1, consider it pure joy. Somebody say pure joy whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. In other words, when you go through trials, when you go through difficulties and you believe in the Lord Jesus, he's going to use your trial, your story, your testimony. Come on, Revelation 12, 11, you know this. And they overcame him. Him by the blood of the Lamb and the words of their testimony. Anybody been through some mess? Come on, anybody been through some mess and wondered, Gina, where are you right now? What's going on? It wasn't that Lazarus wasn't sick. It wasn't that Lazarus didn't die. Yes, he died, but Jesus had a purpose for his pain, for his hurt, because there was a world that needed to know that he is the resurrection and the life. And every 
Everybody knew that Lazarus believed in Jesus. If you knew Lazarus, you knew that he and Jesus were like this. Do people know that you believe in Jesus? Listen, whatever you go through, you keep giving the glory to Jesus. You're going to get through this. Do you know who Jesus is? Come on. He's what? The... Listen, your friend Jesus knows about your battle. He knows about your struggle, and guess what? Look at me. Is Jesus your friend? You're going to get through this. No, look. What? You're going to what? You're going to get through this. And guess what? Guess what? When you do, the world is going to know, your world is going to know who Jesus is. So I can't go through this. Stay with me. In Galatians 6 and 9, I'm not saying it's easy. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. At the proper time. we re- Sometimes it lasts a year. Sometimes it lasts five years. Some, sometimes it lasts a week. Sometimes it lasts you know, 10, 12 years, 13, 15. Anybody been through something for a long time? Wave at me. You see, on the back side of this, God is transforming your life in this trial because more than anything, the world needs to know that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Your marriage, your family, your finance, your church, whatever you're going through, it's all for the glory glory of the Lord. Come on, David. Psalm 37. I've been young and I've been old, but I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging for bread. Don't give up. Remember what Thomas said. I love this moment. Thomas says, oh, you're going back. You're going to, you're going to Judah. Let us all go that we may die with him. Thomas is getting it. That's what I believe. He's finally figuring out if Jesus is going to die, he is the resurrection and the life. I'm going to go with him because that's what he's trained me to do. Jesus, let us go and die with him. You want to say that with me? Say it. Let us go and It's more than a call for good times and joy. It's a call to break the power of this world on our lives. I'm dying to this world, and my life is a living sacrifice. It's what we did in the baptistry. You think it's just a cute little ceremony where people get wet and walk away and say, I'm a Christian now. It's not. It is Romans chapter 12, verse 1. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing act of worship and do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your minds it's romans chapter 6 verse 3 don't you know that all of us who were baptized into christ jesus were baptized into his death we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Now, so you know, I've been baptized in the water, but I've been baptized a few other times. Anybody else felt like somebody was kicking the dirt on top of you? Anybody been there before? Jesus calls us. Let me, let me finish this story. I want you to see that Lazarus died for Jesus, but also we are friends of those who will follow Jesus. You are friends. You are being friends to individuals who will follow Jesus. When Jesus saw Mary weeping and the Jews, underline the next part, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, 
he was deeply moved in the spirit. Who's there? Jesus, Mary, Martha, and do you know what, who these Jews are? These are people who came from the area. Did you know there was a movement to kill Jesus right there? Jesus shows up. You got to see this. Mary and Martha and the disciples are people of faith, but they're struggling. There are people sitting in this room right now that are struggling. There are people that come to church every Sunday that are struggling. And sometimes they struggle in their belief, in their faith in the Lord Jesus. Now hear me. There are people going through stuff in this room that you have already come through. But because you're not friends, they think they're the only one. Your resurrection story is going to set somebody else free. Anybody hear what I'm saying? Say, Pastor, why do you come up front and tell all your stories? I don't need you to feel sorry for me, all right? I just want you to know I need somebody on occasion to know that when I was a boy in that town with my buddy, there was a man that was there who abused me as a child. You don't have to get quiet. I'm just telling you, and here I am, a full-grown man right now, set free by the power and the grace of Jesus Christ. What I'm saying is, some of you going through some stuff right now, and the devil has said, you won't get through it, and Jesus don't love you. Let me line people up in this house today who could tell you that they've been through what you've been through, and they're alive today. Jesus raises us from the dead all the time. Help your pastor. Verse 9. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there. Came not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. This is after Jesus gets back. The word spread all over Jerusalem. The word spread. No, Lazarus died. He was in a tomb. Jesus, praise God. This is so powerful. Look, verse 41. They took away the stone. Jesus, took, took, Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. Did you hear that? Jesus is speaking for people that are there. And when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. I love that. I love that Lazarus, who is dead. But Jesus said, no, he's not really dead because he believes in me. He's laying in the tomb. He ain't hearing nothing. He's laying in the tomb. And then finally, he hears the voice of his good friend Jesus. Lazarus, come out. I want to know Jesus like that. 
Anybody else want to know Jesus like that? I mean, I want to know Jesus like that. And according to 1 Thessalonians 4 and 16, I, I want to know Jesus in the way that on that last day, the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Anybody with me on this thing? I, I want you to know Jesus that way. But I also want you to know Jesus right now. I want you to know Jesus in your pain and in your hurt and in your difficulty and in your marriage struggle, in your, in, your, in your times of discontent, in your fear, I want you to hear Jesus calling to you when you're feeling like you're buried and you're dying and you're dead. And I want you to hear his voice. Ivy, come forth. Don't just lay there, Gloria. Come forth. Renee, Come forth. Come out of the mess that you've been in. It's not my will that you stay in the tomb any longer. Come on. It's your time. Rise up. Rise up. I know. I know there are people that are struggling. I know that you are. Uh, I know that we struggle sometimes with our relationship with Jesus. But I want you to be so close to Jesus that even when you're weeping because you lost someone, you'll still be rejoicing because Jesus is coming back. Even when you don't like the timing of your Lord, you will trust that his timing is better than yours. Even when you feel like you're the only one who loves Jesus and you're surrounded with people that are struggling, you'll go ahead and be a friend to Jesus even when you feel isolated. And I want you to hear this. Even when, even when you are in the middle of it, I want you to know this sickness is not unto death. Amen. Look at me, children. Amen. What you're going through is not unto death. It's for the glory of God. Can I get an amen from somebody? God's going to be glorified in it. Okay. Hi, friends. You guys ready to pray? Would you stay with me for a moment longer? Stand with me. Hey, Lazarus. Lazarus Russell, I just want to share this with, with here, you. Here, come close to me. Come close to me. I have a 68-year-old sister. She's younger than I am. And she's laying in bed right now at the verge of death. Her liver's gone, and she has a growth in a four-stage cancer. And she's having a big problem. The reason why I'm telling you this is because the same thing the pastor's teaching today is, is because she's having a hard time. Ready? She's having a hard time leaving. Yeah. And she's moaning and groaning. She don't want to leave. She doesn't know Jesus to the state, even though she's a Christian and she's saved. See, we can fake this thing so long, but when time comes to go, you got to really know Jesus for yourself. And she is dying right now as we speak. The four stage cancer, big growth in it. She, she has no life. She's laying right in the bed. And she don't know, she doesn't know that she is alive, that she's going to be alive. Amen. She 
doesn't want to leave here and what's keeping her here right now, I believe, and I discern, is that she can't go because she's afraid to go. Fear has grasped you. What's your sister's name? Patricia. Patricia. How many believe God for Patricia? Anybody believe that? Anybody believe that? Go ahead. Say your name. Everybody just say your name, Patricia. Father, we break the spirit of fear. We ask, Lord, that the enemy would leave and stop speaking to her. If this is her time for you to receive her, you are the resurrection and the life, Lord Jesus. And I'm standing with Patricia's brother right now, Lord. And I know, like Mary and Martha, Lord Jesus, were heavy. His heart is heavy. But Lord, you have brought him through so much. Now, Lord Jesus, I pray that through him and his testimony, that her sister would, his sister would be set free. Say it, his sister, Patricia, is set free. Say it, Patricia, is set free. No more fear. Somebody say, no more fear. Anybody, anybody relate to what my brother's saying? Anybody relate to that? Where are you? I just wanted to share that with He's you. Still you still preaching. Not, so you just would not pray, play around with this. And you know for yourself, Jesus. So when the time does come, regardless of when it is, you'll be ready to go to be with him. Knowing that you're going to, you're we're forever living. We'll never die. Jesus. We'll live an eternal life right now. Jesus. Amen. So who needs to fix their friendship with Jesus? needs to work on their friendship. You can wave your hand. You're among friends. Isn't that cool? It's like, struggling my friendship with Jesus. Right? Wave at me. Wave at me. I'm at the ring. You don't have to just wave at me. You can come up here and stand with me if you want. I want to be a closer friend to Jesus. Come here. Come here. Stand with me. Come here. I, need, I need a deeper friendship with
in a posture of reception. How could we do this? Just be in a posture of reception. And let's, let's make this declaration. Come, Holy Spirit. Make the declaration. Come, Holy Spirit. Say, come, Holy Spirit. One of the things that I know is that there are those all around the room that probably could stand here in this altar. In fact, I probably should have just said, everybody come, y'all come. That's probably what I should have done. Here we are in this. Say, come Holy Spirit. I receive your friendship. I receive your love. I receive your friendship. I accept this journey and celebrate that through my difficulties you will be glorified. I need to, I need to go here too. I need to go here. Say this. Forgive me for my anger. Your plans your ways are always higher than mine. I surrender myself to your cause. Thank you, Jesus. While you're in this posture, I also want to say this prophetically to some of you. Some of you want me to pray for you and suddenly things change. It seems to be like that evangelical thing that we do, just lay our hands on people and say things are going to change. And I want you to know that God is not so interested in the situation as he is in changing you. So what you should ask your friend Jesus, and you can ask him, it doesn't have to be so ecclesiastical, you can just ask him, Jesus, Holy Spirit, reveal to me what you're doing. Alright, we're going to go to the next level of friendship mess you up. You ready? Father, I am your servant. I lay my life down for you. I trust you that you are the resurrection and the life. I trust you in the tomb. I choose to trust you. You will raise me up give you praise for the people that will come to know you through this struggle. I am your partner in building the kingdom of God. I accept you as my dear friend and I choose to be your friend. Now worship him. Just take a ready I know I know some of you are struggling so much with the whole teaching I get that I hear you people your friends you know and I don't know how you respond to friends but we just take your arm maybe put it around somebody nearby you even here in this altar put your arms around somebody would you just just put your arms around somebody and, and just I want you to speak words of affirmation and blessing words like Jesus knows he has a plan 
one, this will pass. You're going to get through this. Tell somebody, maybe somebody you don't know so well, become a friend. Be a friend to someone. Be a friend. Bless somebody. as your friend. Worship Jesus as your friend. All around the room, worship Him. Jesus, my friend. My friend, Jesus. Worship Him as your friend. Father, after this day, two things. One, we will not be so distanced from You. And two, we will not be so distanced from one another. We will not hold our stories as our personal secrets. We're going to share our pain, share our heartache, and see others healed through the message. Would you pray with one another? Take a few moments and pray with one another. If you need special prayer, come on down and we'll pray with you. Just walking to the front today, you have deepened your relationship with the Lord Jesus. Russell's here. Other prayer workers are here. Savan, others come and be ready in case people need prayer. Listen. Friends of God, the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace. Walk in friendship with you.